The Level Down Games podcast for May 11th, 2021 is presented by leveldowngames.com. off fingers and hands this is the level down games podcast welcome home for the uninitiated the ldg podcast is a weekly midnight society meeting amongst the crew at level down games i of course am your host brian and joining me on the show this evening host of the media files every single friday it is kyle welcome good evening brian good evening sean it's nice of you Hello, to be here friend. for this Level Down Games podcast. And yes, that other voice you just heard, the guy behind the sounds, he is Sean. He's here this week. Blow it out your ass. Dan is unfortunately not here this week. He is uh, sleeping, to my understanding. So I miss I've been week. there. Yeah, well, we, have, oh, we all have been. We all have been. <laughs> Special shout out to Midnight Playtime and Neon Dan over on Twitter at Neon Dan TV Woo! for providing the music to the Lebanon Games podcast. Go check him out over on Twitter and hit up his bandcamp at midnightplaytime.bandcamp.com to listen to more really excellent synthwave vibes. Real quick, as we start out the uh, the opening, which which still is the sad anus, but um, never makes sense anymore because not everyone's here every week. But I do want to quickly, I know, I want to quickly talk about Resident Evil Village. We're not that far into it yet. I'm I'm a few more hours into it than Kyle, but Kyle, you are only about an hour and a half into it, so we're not right, really yeah. talking much Resident Evil Village. We're gonna save a majority of our thoughts for it next week on the show. And Kyle, you and I are gonna do a spoiler cast on we the sure story. Are. Uh, over on the media files. Uh, is that this week? Are we doing that this? Sa- are we doing that? No, this that'll be uh, that'll be in two weeks. Okay, there you go. Two weeks from now, uh, you can check out a brand new episode of the media files where we will go into spoiler territory on the story involved because it has been one wild ride so far. Um, but we'll talk about the gameplay and stuff more next week. But Kyle, real quick, what are you thinking on Resident Evil Village about an hour and a half in? Okay, so I mean, kind of a kind of an interesting journey for me to get to Resident Evil Village, where I'm a big fan of the early Resident Evil games, and then kind of fell out of the series recently jumped into seven uh and was kind of weary coming into into eight but actually so far like i said i'm about an hour and a half in not super far but enjoying what i've played so far um it, it's i mean it, it controls really tightly it is absolutely gorgeous holy smokes is this game pretty yeah and you're also playing on playstation 5 as i am correct i am correct yeah um i i have been blown away by by how it looked uh my uh future brother-in-law jessica's brother is playing it on pc and it looks stunning on there as well i happened to see it the other day (laughs) and man like it's just it's crazy but it it is a fun game you're right and it really is polished and it reminds me a lot of resident evil 4 which sounds like one that you might have skipped over which is no i've actually played 4 Okay, I was going to say, because 4 is one of the better ones in the in the entire franchise. Right. Uh, when that released on GameCube, I just remember everybody going bananas because that was the first time, you know, it had deviated from PlayStation for a while. But yeah, Village has been fun and it, it's been exciting. 
And I, and I think I like it more so far than Resident Evil 7 because of all of the supernatural elements that have been brought in. And like, you know, you're dealing with werewolves and vampires and all of Definitely. these like hag type creatures that are really weird. <laughs> yeah. And I and I like the fantasy style horror more than I like the not that zombies aren't fantasy. Right. But Resident Evil has always been a series about all types of stuff. Now, zombies always get brought to the forefront of the mind when you think about Resident Evil. But from the very first Resident Evil, there are monsters in Resident Evil that are not just zombies. It's, it's right. all sorts of stuff. And so this this like vast world of horror creatures in the Resident Evil universe has been there from the beginning. And it, like you said, it's really exciting that we're getting kind of more of this more European gothic fantasy horror brought into it now. Well, if you remember, they, they talk about it in the story. Resident Evil 7 did take place in Louisiana. And after the events of that, uh, they, they packed up and went to this like small little European village. And I think it's Italy. It, it might be somewhere over there. There's and, and the reason I say that they haven't explicitly said it, but at the beginning of the game, there is a a food dish that is mentioned and the dish sounded Italian. That's the only thing that I can think of <laughs> that it's probably Italian. But Lindsay and I were both kind of watching it and she's like, oh, wait, what was that? And I was like, oh, it was like something to something. And I was like, I think that's Italian. And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe it is. So I, maybe Italy, maybe. Yeah. And then after, you know, what what happens, I'm not going to go into any spoiler stuff here, but something major happens and, you know, you end up on your own and, and you're still wandering around some like decrepit European castle right. setting area like you're still somewhere in Europe so a village as you if you if you can believe it a, a village a, a vii type thing so <laughs> yeah we'll have more to say on Resident Evil Village next week uh I probably will be done with it by next week in all honesty I'll be pretty close I'm sure I've been playing through it f- roughly two to three hours each day I'm about five and a half in right now and I'm you're probably it. around the halfway point then yeah that's what I think too that's what I was thinking too and uh, now well, I it seems it seems to be 10 to 12 and a half is the is the average play time for this 10 if you kind of rush i didn't play any of the demos that i had downloaded them but i never got around to playing them i didn't play them either and you know how i love going in blind to things and so this was this was one of my blind runs i'm going in yeah almost outside outside no of the trailers that i've seen for coverage content purposes um yeah i i, I don't know anything else so I, i'm really excited as as i keep going and you know, I did I did message you on point that I, I changed my mind and I do think this game is rather gory, but not nearly as gory as seven. But it does have its gory moments. So. Well, and like I said, <laughs> seven, seven initially didn't appeal to me too much at the beginning because it just felt like gore for the sake of gore. Uh, I like I like the horror that gives you dread, not the horror that makes you squeamish. And and that's what Resident Evil seven started out as. I will say Al or uh, Ethan Winters, his poor, poor hands. Holy cow. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> I know, but it's just this guy cannot keep his hands intact. Oh, one of them's chopped. It, he gets, it a, gets he worse. gets a screwdriver through one of them. He gets chopped off. It's sewed back on. It's, a, it's just it's one thing after another. I now, just don't. Uh, it's I don't understand. I don't understand how his limbs continue to operate normally. It's insane as as they should. I mean, you know, getting something chopped off and then just doesn't reattach like that. So. <laughs> Is there now? I I have not played five or six. Those are those are the two that I've not played yet. Those are is, also is two he, of the more like bleh Resident Evils. Yeah, they're they're very action oriented. Is he in five? No. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure that he was newly introduced for seven. Okay. Yeah, he should have he should have a uh, bionic hands by this point. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> 
<laughs> he needs him by now. Keeps losing him. It's insane. So how do you, how do you say the lady D's name? What is that? Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu is how I've been saying it. So the voice actress for that character did a phenomenal job. She did. Because I, I actually watched some gameplay on YouTube so I could pause it and piss myself and, and not <laughs> have a heart attack. Yeah. And I was blown away. Yeah, like, she absolutely did, she did incredible. She did a great job. Everybody's really creepy. voice acting has been pretty on, on, on you know, top notch for uh, for Village. It is sad a little bit seeing the, uh, the three satanic sisters because the voice actress that plays them is the one that passed away before the game released. So that was a little sad seeing. But even still, stellar performance. Like, everything has been really really good um and we'll definitely have more to say on resident evil village next week but i do want to talk returnal because it probably is the game that i've put is it the game that i put yeah definitely the game that i've put the most time into over the last seven days and i'm a little sad that dan is not here to talk about it with me though i do think he's only played it the one night where he streamed it on twitch i don't know that he's played it anymore since then and i've been playing it pretty consistently since it came out uh I think I just crossed the 16 hour mark earlier today um, as I was really trying to get to the third boss before we recorded tonight so that I had some, you know, because that's that's pretty much the halfway point. There's, to my understanding, five biomes. So I'm assuming five bosses and then maybe something at the end for like a sixth ultimate final boss or something. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's a safe assumption. I don't even know what the other biomes are yet. Like I'm actually finding things out as I go, which is kind of cool, but um, it is it is so challenging that, you know, of those 16 hours that I've put in, I've died. And, and it's nice because if you go back into your ship that crashes on the planet every time the game reloads and reloops back into like, you know, a, why it's a roguelike or whatever, uh, you can climb back into your ship and see your stats. So I think I have 26 deaths. And I've wow. killed two bosses and I luckily killed the first boss pretty early on. I think it was like the second day that the game was released and I killed him on my second try, third try, something either second or third try. And then the second boss was really hard to get to because after you, you know, it is a roguelike. So you kill a boss. Luckily, you don't have to kill the boss again to keep going. Like after you kill the first boss, you don't have to kill the first boss every time you can then, you you know, your objective is to kill the second boss. Oh, that's that's really nice. Now, my objective is to kill the third boss. So it reminds me a lot of um. Oh, what does that remind me of? The, the, the which roguelike was it that allowed you to pick the boss that you were trying to go for? Was that Neon that Abyss? Is Neon Abyss? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that because you're focusing on like one boss at a time. Sure. Now, however, you still have to start where the actual your pod crash landed on this you know de decrepit alien planet. So it's always the forest that you start out in. So, but you have to find your way back to the gate that takes you to. You know, if you're trying to go for the second boss, you need to go find the gate that takes you to the second biome. And if you're trying to go for the third boss, you need to find the gate that takes you to the that biome. So it's still like you still have to go through and do all the forest mechanics and things change. Like every time you do a run of Returnal, the game, it, it procedurally generates what it's going to give to you. Now, after you do so many runs, you're going to start to recognize the rooms. There's only so many that you're going to encounter, which I've noticed um, for... 
specifically the forest, I think I've actually today unlocked the trophy for encountering everything in the forest. Like I've done it that many times to where oh, I've nice. seen it all now at this point. I, I haven't seen and I've watched a bit of the game, but it seems like everybody's really struggling with this. So I think I've only seen the first biome. No, it, it is a very difficult game. And that's what I'm kind of getting at here. So I love roguelikes. Kyle, I think you're a huge fan of them as well. Of course. Um, you, you and I play a good chunk of the ones that release, and typically they they do pretty well in our opinions in terms of gameplay and scoring on, on like the rating scale. Yeah, they're addicting, and I, I fall into that trap so easily. I'm addicted to Returnal. I am. I can't stop trying, but the game is so challenging, and it's very unforgiving. I've I've seen kind of through Twitter and Reddit a, a lot of frustration from people on this one. Um, and, and I think it's it stems from the fact that runs can take upwards of, you know, an hour and a half to two hours before you die and lose right, everything, which is, which is asinine for a roguelike. And, and sure, that's kind absolutely. Of, you know, I was talking to you a little bit about it because you think Neon Abyss, you think Hades, which a complete run in Hades can take under an hour from start yeah, to finish. Yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, start to finish under an hour in Hades. Like, that's it's mind-blowing. And for Returnal, you know, I, I sent you a screenshot the, yes, was it yesterday? It was either yesterday or the day before when I got to the second boss for like the third time. And I killed him on my fourth try. But right. it, it was like an hour and a half that it took me to get to this Jeez. point. And then I, then I got stomped. Like, well, no, I got to the third phase. But I still, I struggled. And had I not, you know, I popped my Spaceman artifact to res myself. I had a healing item ready to go. And I had a pretty decent gun. Like, it's just a challenging boss. It really sucks. He flies around the arena. He throws these fucking feathers at you and wind gusts. And reminds me a lot of a raid boss in Warcraft. And he he's very challenging. His name is Ixion. I think there's an Ixion boss in, in WoW in one of the raids, actually. His name was Ixion. I was wouldn't a- doubt it. He was a bird that flew around and shot feathers. Like I'm pretty sure <laughs> okay. that's. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's... sounds familiar, but I don't. I don't remember the name. Anyway, I think the game would have been better off as not being a roguelike because it's more Souls-like than anything. It's more like if the game, like if Dark Souls had guns, and if you know what I mean, like that's pretty much it. Because the boss encounters are very Souls-like. The enemies are very Souls-like because you can die in like three hits more or less like you don't survive that long unless you get lucky and find the health upgrades and that's what takes so long because you have to invest the time to find the health upgrades because unlike in other roguelikes where you know again take Hades for example because you can complete a run in Hades in less than an hour you said 45 minutes you get stronger every time you do like you're able to invest your currency that you're you're finding to unlock right, things you can get in your bonuses, bedroom sure. to get bonuses. Your weapons get stronger. You can do things like that. None of that is in Returnal. You have to do okay. that every time you start a run. So you have to invest the time to level up your weapon up to like a, a proficiency that's good enough to like take on bosses. Because that's the only way the guns level up is by finding items in the world that you pick up and that increases your it increases your weapon proficiency or by just using the guns and killing enemies. Now that's that's a, that's an interesting way to do it. I mean, it's, leveling it's, up it's the guns not, and it's not a roguelike. Like, that's my issue is that it is, but it's also not like they, they've done so many different things that roguelikes typically don't do. 
It's still fun. I'm still addicted to it. I would love to finish it before they make it easier because I know they're going to make it easier. Yeah, you're probably right. I know they are like they're 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 kind of trying to stick to it right now where they're not going to make it easier, but they're either going to make it easier or they're going to make an option to where the game can be easier. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the idea. Either either they make it easier to kind of appease the crowd a little bit or double down on this difficulty. And this I mean, this seems to be a success. A lot of people have been playing Returnal. I love the game. And it's so crazy because, again, you know, uh, Jessica's brother was here the other day. We were hanging out for a few hours. This was the first time that he had seen the PlayStation 5. You know, he hasn't been lucky enough to get his hands on one yet. So he was checking out mine because it's upstairs in the living room right now since we have the house to ourselves. Pretty easy to get one. I got one on release day. Not a big deal. But Well, I mean, I did, too. I pre-ordered it. But the Xbox (laughs) Series X, I'm still fucking drawing. (laughs) Pretty easy. But he wanted to check out the controller and stuff. And he was like, have you played Returnal? Because I've been really looking at that and it's been making me want a PS5. And oh, I was like, man, I'm- this game I have 24 deaths in. Well, yeah, that's what I was like. I mean, like I have it. You could try it out. And he did. He jumped into it and he was playing it. And he was like, man, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know that this would be a game that I would say run out and buy a PlayStation 5 for. Sure. Because... I think if if it was more beginner or at least casual friendly, then yes, the game looks gorgeous. It, it is a technical like showpiece for the PS5. The colors that are in the like it's it's Avatar in a video game, like in terms of like some of the visuals that are on screen. And this planet is fucking amazing, dude. Like this this alien civilization that you're trying to figure out what happened to, and also at the same time figure out why you're stuck. In this never ending, you know, I can die and come right back to life, crashing back down to the planet and stuck in this time loop. It's very much the Outer Wilds <laughs> in right. that regard. But um, you're, you're finding all this stuff out in the story that is told through the artifacts and the things that you're finding and the, you know, the the little audio logs that you can pick up. And just through like the cutscenes that are taking place as you discover new areas of the biomes and really are starting to piece together just what happened to this alien civilization, because it was a much more technologically advanced civilization than humans. Well, I, so it's I think that's really one of the cool. That's one of the beauties of Hades is Hades is another one that has a very rich, deep story. And when you die in Hades, you still gained a lot of knowledge and you gained a lot of lore. And so that they've added that into this game, I yeah, think, you, is only to its You're still getting that. Like, you can still get progress each run toward finding the artifacts, toward finding the the hieroglyphs or whatever that help and that, you. That can be very rewarding, too. Exactly. Exactly. And now, I, you know, I think when it comes to games that are very, very difficult like this, most games that are very difficult tend to be older style games that are that are pixelated side scrollers or top down games that are that are going for that old school style gaming experience that was very difficult back in the day right however there are there's only a few and i i think with with a few exceptions being the neo series and from software games those are the only ones ones that really go for that addicting difficult gameplay loop I think that Housemark might be onto something here in terms of making a game that is that is addictingly, you know, difficult and you have to play through it over and over and over again. I I can see them doubling down on the difficulty of this and saying, you know what, Returnal 2, it's going to be harder than the first. 
You know what I think they should add, though, if they choose to do that? And it's and we keep going back to Hades, but it is one of the more recent successful roguelikes. 10 out of 10, beautiful game. Hades had a god mode where every time you died, the game would make you stronger if you were really struggling. Oh, sure. Yeah. They could just add something like that to where, you know, if you really wanted to get just get through the game just to see the lore and stuff and you really didn't care about the addicting, challenging gameplay and you just wanted to breeze through, just tick on god mode. And it's not going to it's not going to make you breeze through but every time you die you would gain a little bit more whatever you know what i mean like it would just make you stronger every time you respawned now i mean from software games don't do that they don't but from software games aren't putting you back to the beginning every time you die i guess that's true too yeah they put you back to the latest bonfire that you went to or you know the you know if you killed a boss or whatever they'll put you back in the boss room or something like that but once you progress to a certain point in dark souls or bloodborne or neo it doesn't kick you all the way back to the starting position if it did i don't think they'd be nearly as popular yeah probably not now again i i'm a big fan of difficult games me too from software games not my style uh, and I but love I, them. from software I know, games I know are usually do. my games of the year when like the years that they come out I I didn't think Sekiro was game of the year. A lot of people did. It won officially at the Game Awards, but I did think it was at least top five that year. (laughs) I do think that this one's probably much more up my alley than a From Software game is, though, just kind of the gameplay loop and the style of it. You need to play this game. It it is right up your alley. And like I said, I've got a lot to play right now. This is something, thankfully, PlayStation games frequently and and quickly go on sale. It's something that I'll probably pick up for $45 or $50 over the summer once I see it go down a little bit. Maybe around Halloween. Yeah, even still. I mean, I, I mean, can, at that point. Because, because, and that would be a good time to jump in because this game does have some horror-based tones and undertones because it is, you know, this abandoned alien planet and you do hear the screams off in the distance as you're playing and because of the story that's going on and you know you know your character is stuck in this endless time loop it almost makes you wonder like if you're hearing the screams of other versions of herself and she even mentions that once as well it's really freaking cool dude (laughs) it's so cool you need you need to definitely play this game uh but you're not playing it you are however playing new pokemon snap Yep, the uh, most important game that came out that day. New Pokemon Snap. What I, else? Ca- that, was that the same day as Returnal? Yeah, that, yeah. Returnal and New Pokemon Snap were the same I, day. I, I've definitely what? put more time into Returnal. <laughs> hey, Sean, you're still here. So yeah, hey, I've, hey. yeah <laughs> I've actually put a, a lot of time into New Pokemon Snap so far. Uh, big fan of the original Pokemon Snap. I remember an entire summer that I lost to that game, just diving into it, which is crazy because it's like a three-hour game. But like 11 or 12-year-old me was involved and like taking the best pictures possible just loved it restarted it multiple times and this uh, you know nintendo has managed to capture the calm kind of scenic gameplay of the original and expand upon it so much there's more areas there's more pokemon there's more interactions there's more things that you can do as the photographer and you just have the ability to really lose yourself in in making this cart go through the same level multiple times and trying to get just a, a, a different picture, like a, a little bit better picture, because you're like, oh, my gosh, I just need a few more points on this level and I can level up the level again. You you get these new research levels in each area that you go into and 
every research level that you increase, the Pokemon behave differently in that area or a new Pokemon may show up. And then, you know, you level up so much and then you can go to that same area at night and all those Pokemon that were there. Now, some of them are sleeping, but some of them are hunting. And oh, wait a minute. This Pokemon only comes out at night. There are so many things to do in this game. And and you look at it and you say, well, there's not very much, right? It's these courses only take Oh man, maybe two three minutes. minutes. I was gonna say two to th- yeah. I, was, I would have said two, but two to three. Yeah, two to May, three they, minutes. Now you are farther in. They might get a little bit longer as the game goes on. They probably do. There's a couple that are longer. A couple that are kind of short. I think. Um, but even still, going the through legendary these courses, routes seem to be the short ones where they're like, yeah, yeah, or, or not the legendary, the Illumina routes. So like, that's those not are the ones always that are... true. Sometimes those okay. take a while. Okay. okay, I've only unlocked one, and I'm working on the second. Okay, like, I've got told, I've got four I, now. Yeah, well, I told you when I was on like the second set of routes. I just I haven't played in a few days. So there's I believe that there's five total and I've got four uh, working towards the fifth now. And I'm just I really am blown away. There are a lot of Pokemon in this game. Finding all of them can be very difficult. There's a lots of lots of little environmental puzzles that you have to unravel. Uh, you'll you'll go through a course and you'll see, you know, your scanner will pop up and says scan this spot and you'll look at it. It says, it, you know, I think there's a Pokemon hidden in the dirt right here. So you start chucking apples at it or you play a song or you scan it. You're trying to do something to make the Pokemon pop out of the dirt. But the car cart just keeps moving. So you get about three and a half seconds to try all these things before the <laughs> cart moves on. And then you've got to turn around and you got to start snapping pictures of other Pokemon because you're going to miss those ones if you don't. And I've, I've passed a number of things that I say, I know there's something there, just not how to get it yet. I'll revisit it later. We'll figure it out then, you know, because there's plenty of other things that I can do in the meantime. I believe that the original Pokemon Snap had... 60 some odd Pokemon in it to to capture photographs of. And this one, I'm well over the 150 mark so far, uh, approaching 200, I believe. And I have no idea what the total number is. I will say that so far, I have not photographed any legendary Pokemon. And I know that there are some here. That was that was the There's big at reveal least kind of one a... in every route. No, no, or no, I'm sorry, not every route. There's at least one in every like set of routes, I guess. Is you there? See, I think that's a lie, though, bro, because you already got Senor Pincer. OK, that's the other thing that I should that I should speak about is that there is a photo mode. Oh, obviously, I mean, the whole game is photo mode, I guess. But some of the pictures <laughs> you can take. You can go into the editor and you can add props and frames and bubbles and all the filters and putting mustaches and hats on pincer (laughs) has been such a joy for me. It has been I've been playing this with my six year old sitting next to me and we've just had it's honestly been a very special time of gaming in my life between it takes two with Lindsay and now new Pokemon Snap with with my son. He has he's a Pokemon fanatic and he's got this little encyclopedia and he sits next to me. And whenever we see a new Pokemon to take a picture of, he searches for it in his encyclopedia and he goes, Dad, maybe you should do this. Maybe he'd like that. And we'll go try it again. We'll go see if his idea works. And I have to tell you, he has been right more than once. He's he's kind of got a feel for it. And I think that's the beauty of the game is these puzzles sometimes are simple, sometimes are difficult, but anybody for the most part can figure some of these out. And it's just been 
a lot of fun. No frustration, just a lot of fun. There's 10 legendary Pokemon. 10 legendary? Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. I mean, without any spoilers, that first Illumina Pokemon is not a legendary Pokemon, is it? No. Okay. So I have seen zero of them, I believe. Oh, maybe one. There's there's one literally in the first round. Holy cow. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. I don't believe I've seen any. Holy that's, smokes. That's the only one that I looked at because I clicked on the route because I was fairly confident there was one in that route. And there is. Have you seen it? No. Okay. But now I, but now I know where it is. <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, hell. Because I just looked. <laughs> I mean, but even still, 10 legendaries. Yeah, 10 I don't legendary think, I think maybe I have seen one. Holy smokes. I mean, I mean, that's amazing. I think that's totally fantastic that I'm, I'm nearing the end of the story of this game, as far as I can tell. Uh, and, you know, you can you can kind of tell as you're wrapping up what the game has to offer in terms of story content. And I am. But I think it's totally incredible that I'm kind of nearing that limit and have yet to find a single of the 10 legendaries that are in there. I think that's totally wonderful. I know that there are other Pokemon that I have yet to find uh, that I know are there because I can. It's like hinting that they're there. It's like, hey, what about this guy over here? You know what I mean? And I just can't figure out how to get them to appear for the camera. So that's just, it's so exciting. I can't wait to see those. I've also only played this in the presence of my son because he's having such a blast. I, w- I couldn't bear it to play without him. And so, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep going with it. Like I said, nearing the end of the campaign, but I think the shelf life of this is going to go much further. There are 214 Pokemon in the game. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, so you're there are there. some that I'm you're missing, but yeah, you're getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. You're, you're getting there for sure. Filling out your, your, uh, your Pokedex with all them photos, the one, two, three, and, and the beautiful thing photos. too is there are four different photos of yeah, each Pokemon. Yeah, that's what I mean. The one, need. two, three, and four star photos. So yes. And it's not that like four is better than one. It's those are different poses. There's a one star pose, a two star pose or actions that they're so, doing. So your number, your one star photo might actually be like a cooler shot than your, than your oh, four yeah. star photo. Oh yeah. I've gotten yeah. some really great one star photos and some real yeah. garbage four stars. Yeah. So it is fun. I need to put more time into it. I just got to finish Returnal first. It's just a, it is a great time. Uh, and and it's easy to not binge it. It's easy to play it in short sessions. And uh, I've I've recommended it to multiple people already. Said if you are a Pokemon fan or liked the original or have kids that like Pokemon, this is a game for you. Absolutely. Well worth the $60 price tag, in my opinion. Sean, why aren't you playing new Pokemon Snap? Dude, I haven't touched my Switch ever since the PS5 came out. It's collecting dust. Yeah, man. It's just sitting there waiting Sad. for me to touch it again. Well, what what's going to make you start touching the Switch again? Breath of the Wild 2? You still got a ways to go for that. I don't know. New dude. Pokemon I mean, Snap. <laughs> ah, it's tough. I don't know Mario if there Golf is a game out month? there that can make Mario me. Mario Golf next month? Freak. I yes. Even, I don't even know if I'm going to get Mario Golf right away. Man. I'm just that, that a-hole on the podcast that just has nothing great to add, just which is why I just sit in the back and Literally play just codes. play sounds. <laughs> sit. So if we had a pod, like if we had an actual studio, Kyle and I would be like, you know, in front of the camera sitting there. Sean would be tucked away behind in a the booth. curtain somewhere in a literally booth that you'd never see. And he's just sitting back there pushing buttons. <laughs> That's right. You nailed it on the head, man. That's it. In there shirtless, probably sipping on something and eating a piece of pizza, playing sounds. Gotcha, bitch. No, you're actually usually unwrapping wrappers. It's usually candy or something that you're digging into when we're Yeah, recording. man, I got that sweet tooth, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Did either of you download Wreckfest? Free to download? If I downloaded you are a it. I've not played PlayStation it at all. Plus member. 
I haven't played this game in about two years. I played it initially when it was an early access on Steam. And there was a decent amount of content then, and, and I was pretty into it. Like, I like Demolition Derby-style games. That's why I was so excited for Destruction All-Stars, because it had that potential, and it, it didn't what? do that well, I guess. I, although I did see that Season 1 recently started in that game, if anyone's still playing it. Um, but Wreckfest is designed around, like, small Midwestern county tracks and fairs, more or less. And you're in these like, you know, it has all these different things like lawnmower racing and couch racing and school bus racing and all of these weird different things that they do pretty much all over. But I, I know specifically here in the Midwest because I live right down the street from a track that does shit just like this. That's like awesome. The, bar- <laughs> the Barberton Speedway. I mean, they, they now generally they do more like regular indie racing type stuff but at least once or twice a year they do all that stupid shit where they bring out the you know the demolition derby stuff and you know not necessarily like the t-rex that comes in and crushes cars but dumb stuff like that and you know you, you'll also see courses in Wreckfest that are just local dirt tracks and that kind of stuff where people just go and do things so you're not seeing these professional tracks and it's not these professional things at all it's just about driving cars crashing into each other and and causing destruction like your sub objectives in each race are like cause x amount of damage or spin out x amount of cars make so many people crash and not finish like you're literally just trying to while win also be chaotic and just be destructive and i honestly think it's probably my favorite racer at this point they've added so much content to it um they've they've really polished this game off it's taking advantage of the dual sense controller the haptic feedback the actual like adaptive triggers it, it's actually utilizing it pretty well for a racing game and it's just fun i keep just going back to it for at least an hour or so every day and i've turned the in-game music off and i just load up spotify when i play it and listen to my own stuff and that's one of the brilliant things about the PS5. Like, you were able to do that on PS4 too, but it's even easier on PS5. Like, I don't even have to go into the Spotify app. I just pull up Spotify on my phone and cast it to the PS5 and it just starts playing on there. Once you started kind of talking to me about it in Discord, I... I realized I was like, oops, I forgot to download it, went and downloaded it. And I mean, it's definitely a game I'm going to jump into. It just it really does look like a blast. I remember growing up, a friend of mine and I on Saturday nights would go down to the Destruction Derby at the Las Vegas Speedway. And that was kind of a that was the kind of thing we did for some time was just go watch the all these old cars pummel the crap out of each other until only one would run. That was yeah. a lot of fun to watch, you know, uh, but this one looks like it's pretty chaotic, but also pretty darn fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. Absolutely fun. So I I definitely recommend it while it is free. Make sure you tag it. So that way, even if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a PS5 yet or um, if you don't have whatever, like you can still play it when you pick one up, because if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you definitely want to take advantage of this. It's a great game that they give away for free this month. Um, Definitely recommend it. Like I said, the amount of content that's been added since it was an early access a few years ago, it's pretty staggering. I haven't even played it online yet. I've just been doing the campaign and I'm halfway done. Nice. Yeah, but I will get to that multiplayer because I didn't realize there was a campaign. Yeah, there's a very, very long campaign. <laughs> it's uh four different like divisions, I guess. And then within each division are different 
events, I guess, and an event might be taking place, or I'm sorry, taking part in an actual destruction derby, or an event might be doing an actual banger race, which is like, you know, just destruction derby cars racing around on a dirt track or an actual tarmac track or whatever, and you're just causing chaos, but still trying to, you know, finish the race. And you might have to do that in four different heats or whatever. So like you'll compete against six, 15 other, there's 16 total. So 15 AI computer characters and the top eight will qualify. And then you move on to round two. And then, you know what I mean? It just goes forward like that. So that might be four rounds. So that would be an entire event, but that might take a half hour because the races can sometimes be up to six laps and they're pretty light, light things sometimes. So uh, it, it's not a short game, but it's definitely fun. So check it out while it's free. All right, Sean, you what? are telling us a little bit. We didn't put this in the lightning round that'll be coming up here in just a few minutes because you wanted to tell us about the Burning Crusade and the inevitable launch towards Illidan and the Black Temple in just about three weeks. I'm not prepared, dog. So here's here's the deal with me. I don't know if I want to be an Aldor or a Scryer, and I wanted your guys' input on it what because were you the last the time day? I played the BC, I was a Scryer, but I wasn't exactly like really good at playing the game. So I wanted to see, like, what's the benefit here? Because I'm kind of, you know... There's no benefit. It's just different, like, vendors, right? Or something like that. There's no, like, or maybe different something. But, like, there, it doesn't really affect too much. I was Aldor back in the day. Yeah, you know, I, I picked Scryers because I was, like, kind of down with the Blood Elves when they came out. Mm -hmm. Scryers was always more Horde-oriented and Aldor was more, more Alliance-oriented. All right, cool, cool, cool. That's pretty much where I'm at right now is I'm a Night Elf Priest now. I'm a Man of the Cloth. You know, so I've, you might I've want to go outdoor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe I just, you know, jump to the other side. You know, yeah. Kyle, what are you going to be doing? Go across the aisle. I honestly don't care about Elder or Scryer at all. You're not going to pick one. You're not just going to. You're going to stay neutral. I mean, probably. Uh, I, the leveling experience I've done quite a few times, so like, I'll I'll probably try to get a character to seventy and keep a character at forty nine for PvP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know how okay. I play. But, wow, that's it. I can do. I it. don't. I don't know how often I will be jumping in. The Burning Crusade is still right up there, number one and two with with Wrath of the Lich King in terms of my favorite expansions. I don't. I don't know how often I will play, but I definitely will play the day it releases and probably June for a few 1st, days right? after that. June 1st, yes. I think it's at 3 my time. No, 6 my time. 6 my time, 3 your time or something like that. That's right. That's right. And uh, Yeah, I got to get off of work early that day, son. I'm pretty sure, yeah, June 1st is a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Tuesday. I'll, I'll definitely you know, kind of sad that it happens right after Memorial Day weekend. Like, couldn't we plan that out a little better, guys? Couldn't it have been, like, May 25th? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So the, are they doing the, because I know they initially announced that you would be able to level up your Dry Nye and Blood Elves before the game. Is that so, currently ongoing or no? Yeah, it's two weeks beforehand. It's the it's the pre-expansion patch. So starting on the 18th. I believe so. I, I need to confirm that. I'm looking through. Yeah, uh, pre-patch 18th. Yep. There you go. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to really do a Shaman or a Draenei. I'm just going to work on my, my Priest. Because, you know, I, I don't want to be out there denying the light or anything like that. But now are you going to be playing this all with, the, time I with have. the same guy that you've been playing classic with? Yeah, his name's Mitch and he's a he's a stud and he's got a ton of cool characters and he's in a guild. And 
So I'm, I'm going to actually try to level up and then maybe like one night a week uh, play with him and, and possibly do a raid or something. Oh, wow. So Look that's kind of where even, I'm at. Maybe even stepping your foot into uh, Kyrazon or something like that. I'm trying. I'm really sad I could not get leveled up in time to raid any like MC or BWL or, you know, AQ or anything like that. But you know, maybe I can raid in BC, which is fine with me. I mean, if you've played WoW Retail and you're worth anything, you've gone back with like your level 80 or whatever and destroyed Onyxia and Molten Core and all that BS. and Hundreds of times. Yeah, so it's like one of those deals where you're like, well, I can always go experience that content in Classic, uh, you know, as far as going into Retail and, and seeing like what it's like to be in those zones. But I, I want to have the raid experience. I've never had it. So it would be nice. I mean, healers are always needed. So I just, you know, I figured I could sneak right in there, you know, a little get right in. Sneak right in the back door. Just that's the way I like it. Do it, baby. <laughs> Woo! Oh, wow. man. Just a couple more weeks and we'll be uh, storming the castle of the uh, of the Black Temple. So that should be fun. Hey, man, I I'm terrified of that raid. I've heard horror stories about the Black Temple. A lot of the raids in the Burning Crusade are kind of challenging. Serpent Shrine Cavern was not easy. Tempest um, Keep. Tempest Keep was quite challenging. <laughs> now, Gruul's Lair, that seems like that's pretty okay. Magtheridon Mag and Gruul's Lair are the two entries before Karazhan, and those are pretty easy. Yeah, those yeah. are pretty easy. Uh, and Karazhan is not challenging. It's difficult, but I mean... Well, the chess match sucks, right? Sure, a lot of it sucks, but you'll be able to get through it. Okay, okay. Most people can. Most people can. Maybe not you, Sean. <laughs> Looks like Lady Luck just gave you... You the finger. Something yep. like that. But uh, we got to get rid of this. Uh, we got to get rid of it for the news. So hit me with the lightning round. Sean Waltman style. Let's go. Can't wait. What? What? Oh, All you right. fucked it up again. Oh, no. You, you meant to cut <laughs> off the music? Or did you, you meant to stop the music that time? I feel like... I feel like the up, lightning Sean. round this week is going to go pretty quick. Uh, probably. There's, I there's, feel like we what, didn't nine? have to give it a huge intro because there's nine not a lot. Nine articles in the lightning round this week. It won't be too long. We do have ex some exciting things to talk about, though. Uh, one in particular that I'm kind of excited to get Kyle's opinion on. But let's get this started. The lightning round begins right now. Lost Judgment has been announced by publisher Sega and developer Ryuga Gotoku or something like that, right? Ryuga Gotoku. <laughs> I think it's how you say that. One more time. Ryu ga gotoku or something. There like you that. go. I don't know. I always just say the Yakuza studio because that's that's what they are. I never actually call them the actual name of the studio that they are. But uh, Judgment, of course, uh, was the spin-off Yakuza title. It'll release worldwide on September 24th for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One. Seize the Truth, December 2021. Tokyo District Court. Akihiro Ihara stands accused of groping a woman on a crowded train. Dang. A bystander's video footage of his attempt to flee the scene and subsequent apprehension is all over the news and public outcry demands a maximum sentence three days ago a dead body was found in an abandoned building in yokohama have you identified it yet he proclaims as confusion cuts through the courtroom his defense lawyer sayori shirosaki has no doubt that crucial details of the situation have been overlooked as ihara was not even tried for the murder she contacts detective takayuki yagami to investigate this further how could ihara have committed two crimes at once was the sexual battery just a cover-up has ihara gamed the 
the entire justice system. As victims surface and Yagami digs further into the truth, he is faced with a question, defend the law or enact justice. From just a single stumble, one can become a monster. And I'm excited to play through this. They put out so many games. Yeah, man, the, the Yakuza yeah, studio is incredible in terms of, of how quick they're able to do things, because not only do they do Judgment, they also, of course, do Yakuza, and they still, you know, they just last year did Yakuza 7, like a dragon, so. <laughs> so, so, Ryuga uh, Gotoku is, is kind of literally translated to like a dragon, basically. There you go. That's, yeah. so that's, I'm, I'm assuming that's where they got the name of that one from. That's, yeah, they just used it as the subtitle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny. But yeah, I'm excited to play through this. And it does make me want to play through Judgment again before this happens. Now, I did say earlier this year that I wanted to play through the entire Yakuza franchise as well. So I'll just add Judgment to the list of games that I'll never get around to playing this year. So, uh, But I will play Lost Judgment when it comes out because I'm looking forward to that. Well, I might play this. I know. I'm excited to talk to you about this one. Game Builder Garage has been announced by Nintendo for the Switch. It'll launch on June 11th for $29.99. With this new software, kids and parents and everyone in between can have fun learning to create and share their very own video games. By connecting colorful creatures called Nodon, no, Nodons? Something like we'll go, that. Let's say Nodons. Anyone can enjoy learning how to create their own game through fun, guided lessons that cover the basics of visual game programming and no prior experience is necessary. This is so cool as I, Nintendo continues to push the boundaries of what can be actually considered a video game in terms of giving you the tools to do awesome things with well, Super Mario, Mario Maker, Maker. Yeah. Nintendo Labo. This is this is such a cool evolution of that idea and i think that programming is going to be such a crucial and important career field in the future as i mean it is already but i think it's going to be one of those things like well what does your dad do mine's a firefighter mine's a programmer right there's going to be it's so big and has to be so popular at this point that this has to be a skill that we teach children i'm actually yeah i mean really considering picking this up and making my it's six-year-old 30 dollars it. yeah i mean i'm definitely buying it because after you go through the tutorials and learn how to do it you can create some small little games and Which it's actually so cool. pretty cool and play other people's <laughs> yeah you're able to download other people's creations and so cool yeah it's just it's it's really neat and i think it's utilizing a lot of like the the connectivity like how you're able to like piece things together like they did with the labo in terms of how you were telling it like the controller or whatever how to behave in terms right. of the the cardboard or whatever so i'm sure it's just that pumped up with steroids uh i'm really excited to see what some people are gonna be able to create out of this i'm gonna try to you know see what i can do i mean i'm not gonna make anything crazy but i want to see what i can do just with the tutorials that Nintendo has given. Like, what is possible just with that small amount of knowledge? Yeah, it should be It should be a really cool experience. Yeah, it should be. Sean, you're up. The Division Heartland has been announced by publisher Ubisoft and developer Red Storm Entertainment. A standalone free-to-play game and a new setting within the Division universe. It'll launch for consoles and PC sometime later this year or in 2022. Who cares? Specific consoles were not Damn. announced. More content <laughs> is also on the way to Division 2, led by massive entertainment with support from Ubisoft at Bucharest. This will include an entirely new game mode for the Division franchise and new methods for leveling your agents with 
an emphasis on increasing build variety and viability. More information will be announced at a later date ahead of the content's late 2021 release. A Division film is also in development with Netflix collaboration with Ubisoft Film and Television. Inspired by the events of the original game, the Marshall Thurber-directed film will star Jessica Chastain and Jake Nacho Daddy's supermodel Gyllenhaal. I don't know. Prince of Time, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. I don't know. Kyle, Freaking I'm sure we'll be looking forward to talking you. about that Division movie on an episode of the Media Files of the Future. Yeah, I mean, get honestly, that water cooler talk. It's, it's something that I'm like kind of interested in. Uh, Marshall Thurber, if this is the same guy I'm thinking of, I believe he directed Dodgeball. Shut up. Which the is underdog a film story? that I enjoy. Marshall Thurber. Marshall Thurber. Okay, Marshall Thurber. But I mean, Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal, what a cast. I mean, both of them That's are bad. wildly that, talented, that, so. Now, I could give two shits about any of the games that were announced here, the content. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to play the Division Heartland, and I'm sure none of us are. Maybe, like I said, Dan might. Well, I, then then again, though, that's a, a, well, that's consoles and PC, okay. But because they, they are doing something mobile as well. And I was going to say, if it's mobile, then Dan's probably not going to play it. But this is coming to, to consoles and PC. Well, so. I, think, I think that the Division has kind of a, really neat story that could lend itself well to a film i yeah. mean it's i am legend with army you sure. know troopers and and gangs and stuff i think that's kind of neat yeah we'll have to see maybe this will uh i wonder if there will be a suck. boss in the film that they have to pour uh bullets into for 30 minutes until he dies <laughs> maybe <laughs> and hopefully if it's like the game right where you can like withstand a hundred bullets and just stand there and yeah if re- if, re- if one yourself. of the bad guys gets shot and killed like pretty quickly the uh f movie not like the source material at all (laughs) okay so a little bit of background on marshall thurber he wrote and directed the terry tate commercials for reebok i don't know if you remember those or not but those were masterpieces in their own right i don't Um, i'm gonna have to link that to you yeah it was a super bowl commercial back in the day in like i don't know 2002 and it was like super popular because it, it was like a legit three minute commercial to play a commercial that long on the super bowl cost reebok millions upon millions of dollars that's crazy um and then he did write and direct the dodgeball film he also he's also got some some credits here for uh we're the millers central intelligence skyscraper oh we're the millers Uh, those are some big ones yeah so i mean he actually was slated to um direct marvel's ant-man after edgar wright turned it down or something and he actually turned it down as well yeah and then we got peyton reed which i thought was a good choice yes well that didn't they rewrite after before they got peyton reed they were like hey peyton come come remake this movie because yeah because the edgar, edgar wright version was probably pretty obscure yeah Wait, we don't want to get sean going off in an mcu tangent oh there no, we go we sure we don't we can't we can't we almost we can't, lost we him we got we got to continue on so really back in. Entertainment. register the trademark <laughs> for sunset set overdrive in the united states on april 26 insomniac games has always fully owned this property making it the property of sony interactive entertainment by default upon its acquisition of the studio back in august of 2019 despite this this is the first time the trademark has been registered by sony itself and i think this is pretty exciting because if they re-release like a, a remastered or just you know upscaled version of sunset overdrive on the ps5 in collaboration with an announcement of a sequel which would make sense due to the timing with ratchet and Clank releasing next month and Insomniac ready to move on to the next game because they make games so quickly, they probably are going to do Sunset Overdrive 2 next and at the same time work on the next Marvel Spider-Man game as well. (laughs) 
If Insomniac makes it, it I'll buy it. It's amazing how Ooh. many freaking games. It, just like the Yakuza studio, Insomniac is able to churn out games pretty quickly, and it's pretty impressive. Xbox Game Pass editions for the last few weeks have been revealed. For next few weeks have been revealed. Last Tuesday, <laughs> DQB2 Dragon Quest Builders 2 was added. I, I'm actually going to jump into this one. I'm kind of hyped. It's kind of cool. Thursday, I bought it on FIFA Switch 21. when it came out. What's that? I said it's cool. I bought it on Switch when it came out. Yeah, I'll probably jump into that one. And last Thursday, FIFA 21, Outlast 2, and Steep were all added onto the surface. This Thursday, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remastered, Just Cause 4 Reloaded, Psychonauts, Remnant from the Ashes, and Red Dead Online were all being added to either PC, console, or cloud. Uh, yeah, I think I think DQB2 being the one that I'm kind of most excited to try out. Yeah, that was exciting. Um, Red Dead Online. I mean, even though it was five dollars, that's still a pretty cool thing to throw on there. Super cool. Just yeah, just you know, if if nobody had it. So uh, Sean, I think is still waiting to play it. So yeah, man, where you boys at? Well, now we can play on Game Pass, Sean. Freaking Hank McCluskey's just still waiting around for you guys. You yeah, bought the wrong system, Sean. He's gonna come for you. We're gonna play on Game Pass, and you're sitting over there on PS5. Can't we do uh, cross? cross? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Cross dress. Probably. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, speaking of cross dressing, <laughs> PlayStation now has added Neo, Jump Force, and Streets of Rage Four as part of its May lineup. I didn't no know one that. Cares. Cool. Yeah, not bad. Neo, Neo's a good game, dude. We just were talking about it earlier. When so we were was Streets of Rage Four. Yeah, Streets of Rage Four is good too. Now, Jump Force is that's the fighting game, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. It was I think like so. the Frank the Frank mixer picked that or whatever, up and was like not a huge fan of it, if I'm remembering correctly. Isn't it like an amalgamation of different fighting game characters? I think so. I think so. Well, it's also like anime studios, like One Piece and um, Dragon Ball and a few others. That checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spike Jonsoft has announced 3D action RPG Made in Abyss, Binary Star Falling into Darkness for PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. It'll launch both physically and digitally in North America, Europe, and Japan in 2022. In the 3D action RPG Made in Abyss, Binary Star Falling into Darkness, which is a very long title, the player descends into the world of the Abyss and goes through their experience in its steps. The player can relive the experience of the anime in a story mode as well as explore an original story supervised by the series author, Akihito Tsukushi. Fans are sure to enjoy the dark fantasy elements that remain true to the unique flavor of the original work. Many characters from Maiden Abyss appear as well, and event scenes are fully voiced by the cast from the anime. Uh, this one looks actually pretty cool in motion, so I, I, I typically like action RPGs. I don't know anything about the property itself. I'm not familiar with the anime, but when it releases, I'll probably check it out just because it's an RPG. Especially if it's 15 bucks. Yeah, it'll probably be 60. Well, maybe 50. <laughs> Electronic Arts has acquired Canada-based studio and Super Mega Baseball franchise developer Metalhead Software. As part of the acquisition, Electronics Electronic Arts's Arts's Arts, that sounds, I don't like that in my mouth. Electronic <laughs> Arts, EA Sports brand, and Metal Hair Software are teaming up to grow the Super Mega Baseball franchise into something that nobody will play because it will be full of microtransactions and poorly developed See, that's what sequels. I'm scared of. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah. Blow it out your ass. Honestly, that, it's, you know, I remember how much you absolutely loved this game. I, I actually liked it. For it being a baseball game, game, I liked it too. And the third I'm, Super Mega Baseball was so much fun. Fun. I probably clocked 
over 50 hours. I don't know exactly. I'd have to go back and look on Steam, but I clocked quite a few hours into this game. And I remember I was doing several different seasons and, you know, because it's all just made up players and made up teams like it's just for fun. But the game is so well done and it and it reminded me a lot of like the the throwback NES, like bad news baseball and, and weird stuff like that. RBI baseball back on the NES. So such a cool game. And and I really am scared of, of what EA is going to do to it now. Uh, man, we'll see. I'm sure we're going to have Super Mega Baseball 4 next year now, so we'll have to see how it is. Yeah, we're so. using the same assets. Probably. Buy a team for money. Ugh, I just... We'll this see. bumps me out. I'll be honest. Well, Mass Effect is Friday, so we'll see. I mean, Amy, that looks good. I'm excited to play that again. <laughs> Talk John, about close excitement. Out. Close us E3 out, John. Excite us. 2021 has added Bandai Namco Entertainment, Binge.com, DVSI Entertainment, Freedom Games, Gearbox Software, Sega, Square Enix, Turtle Beach, Verizon, and Xseed Games to its list of exhibitors. Didn't Bandai Namco like two weeks ago say they weren't going or was that somebody else? I think that was somebody else. Yeah, I don't think that, that was, was uh, Bandai Namco. Brian. No, that's not that, I'm not going either. <laughs> Even though it's a digital event, I'm actually technically going. <laughs> but uh, that is exciting. Well, you know, we, we do know that Square Enix probably is going to have some things to say in regards to some sequels for some games coming up. So hopefully that'll be, uh, you know, an exciting series to watch. I'm going to need Final Fantasy 16 to be 16, announced. For well, this year. Already, well, I was going to say it's already been announced, but uh, for this year it's not happening. But maybe we'll get a trailer. Maybe we'll get a new trailer. I'd like to see a uh, what were we just talking about? That was uh, Kingdom Hearts. Something the next thing for Kingdom Hearts might might be popping up. We'll see. We were just talking about that what two weeks ago when I talked about Melody yeah. Memory. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, that was the lightning round. That's the end of the lightning round. That was nine things. Konami. Konami said they're not going. Konami. That's who it was. Konami. Oh yes, Konami. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. That music right there means it's time for the new release roulette. But before we get to the games that we're going to talk about on the show today, we do have to go over the results for last week. We talked about three games. We had Dan and Sean last week. Distant Oof. Kingdoms, I guessed it would come in at a 73. And Almighty Kill Your Gods, I guessed it would come in at a 71. I did say that I didn't think those would get enough reviews, and that did happen. They didn't get any because they're not on Open Critic. So uh, they might have gotten some, but I mean, there's no aggregate because it's not an Open Critic. So. I'm not going to go out there and search for all the individually, you know, independently posted reviews and, and try to sum them up. That's not what I'm going to do. So <laughs> We're going to focus on Resident Evil Village. I guess it would come in at an 88. Dan put all 30 on it being dead on. Sean, you went 30 for it going under. 99 reviews and 84 is the top critic average. So, Sean. Fuck that shit. You were correct. Oh, what? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> You win, Sean. You had 60 points this week. You get to pick the uh, game. Congratulations, well, Sean. Congratulations, you Sean. You're the big bad booty dude champion of level down games, and you get to pick the game of the week. 
And an exciting so week it's going to be. Uh, we're going to talk about four games releasing this week, technically five, because one of these is two games in one for the most part. Uh, well, one Ooh. of these is actually three games in one, so. <laughs> uh, game number one coming on Monday to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One. It is Hood Outlaws and Legends. Faced with a merciless, unchecked state, rebels and rogues battle to claim their place among legends. To win influence with an oppressed people, rival gangs compete in daring heights to hit the wealthy where it hurts. Folk hero or gold-hungry outlaw, only the best will escape with hard-earned riches. Two teams of four players compete to execute the perfect heist in medieval environments patrolled by deadly AI guards. With the unique skills and mystical abilities of each character, moving in stealth to steal treasures unseen or dominating through loud and brutal combat, blood will be spilled, riches will be stolen, and legends will be reborn. Kyle, didn't you have this one not high, but somewhat high on Thunderdome? Yeah, uh, it was in my top 10 Semi for sure. <laughs> I've actually been watching a couple somewhat people high. play this on Twitch. Some people have gotten access to it already. Yeah, it's an, it's an early access for a handful of people. And there's a chance I pick it up. I don't know it's that only I 30 will, bucks. but... It's, again, only 30 bucks. Yeah, there's a chance that I actually pick this one up and play it with a couple buddies because this one looks like a lot of fun, actually. If I had a dedicated group that I was going to play with for at least a couple days, I might pick it up. But I yeah, have, it's I, have I mean, no interest in game you play with that. friends. Yeah, uh, well, you can't play it single player. So this is a game you can only play with other people. And that kind of puts me off a little bit because I know that I probably won't have a dedicated group to ever play this with or just, a, you know, people that I care to play this with. So uh, I'll probably not jump into it. Game number two coming on Thursday to PC, Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon. It has been 1,000 years since the first leader of the Getsu clan defeated the demon lord Ryu Kotsuki, driving demons back into hell and restoring order to the world. I think I'm saying that right. But when Ryu Kotsuki abruptly returns and all hell breaks loose, it falls unto a new hero to rise against the threat. Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon combines intense roguelike hack-and-slash action with a stunning dark fantasy world brought to life through the stroke of traditional Japanese art. And this is uh, Konami. Remember, we just talked about this game getting announced a few weeks ago. So I am actually really looking forward to playing through this. I hope it ends up being good. I don't know that it will. I can't believe Konami's making video games again. I know. I hope this ends up being good. Game number three is technically two games. We're talking about the Famicom Detective Club games. There's, uh, what is there? There's the missing heir and the girl who stands behind or something like that. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. I, I have it somewhere here. Famicom. Yeah, the missing heir and the girl. So yeah, I was actually correct. Um, this is the description for one of them, I think, for the... Because one of them takes place in a village and one of them takes place in a high school. That's the differences. Hunt for clues, talk to suspects, and explore the Japanese countryside after tragedy strikes the wealthy Arashiro family, or Ayashiro family, right? Ayashiro. Yeah, yeah. Ayashiro. Ayashiro family. Filled with suspense, this tale follows an amnesia-stricken detective trying to unravel his own past amidst the horrors of a harrowing murder investigation. And this is the uh, the switch port of those NES games that never released in English. This yeah, is a, a first-time thing. But a remake. Yeah, not just a port. Yeah, a complete remake. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the first time that we're getting this series in English. It is two games. You can buy them individually for thirty four ninety nine a piece, or as a package for fifty nine ninety nine. I will be picking both of these up in the in the bundle package to save a few bucks. But uh, I'm looking forward to playing through these games. They're more visual novel in nature, but they look really well done in terms of 
the story. And plus, I mean, it's Nintendo and games that were released, what, 20 plus, 21 about 23 uh, well years over ago. 20. 23 years ago? Yeah, I was doing the quick math about 23, 24 years ago. That's kind of crazy. So I'm looking forward to playing through this. And then game number four, the final thing we're going to talk about on the show today is technically three games. Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming on Friday to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Experience an amazingly rich and detailed universe where your decisions have profound consequences on the action and the outcome. One person is all that stands between humanity and the greatest threat it's ever faced. Relive the legend of Commander Shepard and the highly acclaimed Mass Effect trilogy with the Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Includes single-player based content and over 40 DLC from Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, including promo weapons, armors, and packs remastered and optimized for 4K Ultra HD. 32 and 33 years ago, Brian, for Famicom Damn. Detective Club. Damn, did I, I skipped Dang. a decade. You skipped, skipped a decade. A decade. <laughs> that's what I did. That's what I did last night when I went to the trampoline park. I thought I was 24. Yeah, I wasn't. You weren't. <laughs> yeah, you effed up, homie. Even though I have EA Play Pro on PC, I think I want to have this game on uh, PS5. Even though it's not going to be like PS5 optimized, it is the PS4 version. Eventually, it'll be PS5 optimized. Right. I just kind of want to play it on the PS5. I don't know that I want to sit here on the computer and play three Mass Effect games back to back to back because they're so long. I'd rather just play them upstairs on the couch. <laughs> I can. Uh, this is something, again, I'm not a, I've played Mass Effect 1 and 2, never played 3. I enjoyed them. Was not a, like, super fan of them. I liked them when I played them. I, I believe that we'll be seeing this on Game Pass within a year. I would say that's probably very likely. I am a big fan of Mass Effect, though, so I, I will be picking this up. Yeah, yeah if you're a fan, this is a dream come true. All right, well, those are the games, and now here are the open critic guesses. I'm going to go with a 78 for Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Getsu Fumiden, Undying Moon, I'm going with a 76. Famicom Detective Club, I'm not sure how these games are going to be rated. I'm assuming they're going to each get individual scores, but I'm going to say 81 for both of them. And then the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I'm going with an 83. While the guys get their bets figured out, let's go ahead and jump to a preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. Last week on the show, Frank and I celebrated Cinco de Mayo. Check it out. Dude, the trumpet, the trumpet. I told you, man. And that's the same thing about the uh, the original Guacamelee track, how how Rom DePresco did that one. What he did here with Los Mangrares for Guacamelee 2. That was a very good try, Brian. Los Mangrares. Los Mangrares. I don't know. The, the, the swamps for our non-Spanish speaking fans or our non-Spanish speaking co-hosts. Um such a great track an incredible pick and it's funny like when you go from listening to the entire soundtrack to guacamelee to then listening to the entire or a good chunk of the entire soundtrack for both guacamelee and guacamelee 2 what rom depresco did with the soundtrack for guacamelee 2 is leaps and bounds so much better than the original guacamelee <laughs> like this soundtrack is just so mind-blowingly good really well done That's why this is why, you know, and the fact that the games are good, that we need a three. I really hope so. I really do hope that we get a Guacamelee three. Uh, the ending to two was left open for you know the the series to continue. As as why wouldn't it be? So hopefully Drinkbox does not uh, you know abandon it. I can't imagine that they will. Brand new episodes of BG Mania are available every Wednesday. Come join us on this musical adventure. I think I'm just gonna make it real easy, dog. Me too. Oh, I'm gonna Sean. say I'm gonna say eighteen. 
15 over on Mass Effect. Okay. And 12 dead on Hood. There you go. I'm going 30 over Hood. Okay. Putting it all on black. Sean's at least splitting it up between red and black. You gotta hedge your bets, homie. See who's right. Take a look next week. The gameplay that I've watched from Hood so far, I think it looks fun. I think this could potentially score really well. well I mean, anytime a game comes out and ends up being good, that's a great thing. So, Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I hope it ends up being good. Uh, Sean, pick of the week this week. Goes to you. Oh, man, I think I'm going to have to go with... Uh... Uh, let's just lay it out on the line, baby. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. What you going to do about it? Okay. Weren't you a fan of the game back in the day, Sean? Uh, the first one. Yeah, I, 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 like I, I seem to recall a lot of people huddling in the basement of Jerry's uh, house playing Mass Effect when it first came out. Well, that's because we were all stupid teenage perverts and we heard you could get laid in the game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can I can screw aliens? You can fuck aliens in Mass Effect. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is your pick of the week. Can't wait. So in a surprising move... We were uh, just a few weeks ago talking about the potential of a, a Microsoft buying out or acquiring Discord. And that is no longer the case because just this past week, Sony and Discord decided to announce a partnership that will eventually be pretty cool. Did you guys look into this at all? Yes, and I am pumped up. Sean, since you've been somewhat quiet the show, why don't you kick us off? What are you seeing here with this recently announced partnership between Sony and Discord? I wish I could tell you that I was unbiased, but I'm not. Well, yeah, sure. We're Sony fans, right? We're Sony fans. Everyone, Exactly. Everyone on this show knows that I didn't even own a PS4 generation console. Then I went and I bought a PS5, and I have since abandoned my Switch and it sits there just sobbing, waiting for me to pick it up. I actually have an alarm on my Switch that goes off every night at 9.30 to remind me to play that uh, the game, the Wii Fit or whatever. The Ring Fit Adventure? Whatever. Yeah, the Ring Fit. Yeah, I never, and I never play it. So I'm excited because I play all my new I play all my new games on the PS5, right? Yeah. And although the menus are great, the like I guess the communication system is kind of atrocious. So I'm pumped. Unless you have a smartphone. Potentially, I do have a smartphone, but I like to use the Pulse yeah, Three. Do you not have a phone? And I would love. Oh, I thought you were still talking about the Switch. I'm sorry. Oh no no no! no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about PS5 now. Okay, well the PS5, I would love to be able to hook up on Discord with people while I play my PS5 because that's how all of you guys like to talk when you play games. You don't like to stream and talk through the the PS5 party chat. So hardly that would ever. be cool to have both, you know? Yeah, hardly ever. Whenever we play multiplayer together, we usually, you know, I, I will link up through Discord and even if I'm playing on PS4 or PS5 or whatever, Switch, when I've played a few multiplayer games on there, Discord's just a, it's, it's a much easier voice chat app than well, anything else that's currently really available. good. If you go across PC, smartphone, I mean, the quality is amazing. I, I have conversations with people on Discord all the time from my phone, and it's totally no issues whatsoever. So if you can translate that over to the system, that would be fantastic. And it and it just goes to show the people at Discord believe in this too, because they turned down an opportunity to be completely bought out by Microsoft, and now they're partnering with Sony, which means that they think that this could really take them places and it's worth more than $12 billion, which is incredible, which only means good things for us as gamers, right? I, I think it's important to remember, too, that when the deal with Microsoft went through, fell through, it, it wasn't like they left Microsoft's office and went down to Sony's and said, hey, we just, you know, 
dropped out of a deal with them. What do you guys think? These are two deals that were happening simultaneously. They had oh, sure. they had one guy in Microsoft's office, one guy in Sony's office, and and they were weighing both options seriously. But I think you really nailed it there, Sean, in saying that how much was Microsoft going to buy it for? Twelve billion dollars. What right? an ungodly amount of money. Uh, but they honestly believe, and and maybe you know, time will only tell. Maybe correctly, maybe erroneously. That this Discord program has more value than that, and that they can still take this to higher levels on their own without the backing of Microsoft. Now, this deal with Sony leads me to believe that they might have been right about that, actually. The meteoric rise of Discord as a as a community builder. Every Twitch streamer has their own Discord. Uh, a bunch of podcasts that I listen to have their own discords and I'm part of, you know, over a dozen discord servers myself, eight of which I'm a regular active user in. And it's, it's really just incredible how they have been able to build this kind of old, old school style forum chat with streaming, with video chat, with voice chat, with so many other things. And now partnering and, and being able to put it on Sony devices, that's a that's a huge jump forward. I personally am super excited for that because I play games on my PS5, but very frequently want to talk to my friends on Discord and do not have a set of wireless headphones, which I know in 2021 is just really stupid, but I don't. I don't have a set. And so have been have been looking into buying one. A set of wireless headphones, I'm not going to any longer. I'm actually going to kind of wait and see where this deal goes because I won't need them if, if, if that's the case. I'll have a set of headphones for my PS5 and use that instead. Well, guaranteed, all the peripherals for PS5 will be, will be optimized in one way or another through updates to work perfectly with this integration. So if you have a desire to purchase anything now to be in line with this using this at the fullest potential you might as well just get the sony branded products you mean like a pulse 3d headset headset? like a pulse 3d headset or like the the webcam for streaming on discord things like that you know they're gonna make that stuff work perfectly with this because this is huge well here's what i think is actually really cool because they said that the the integrations into playstation products will be coming later in 2022 so this is still probably well over a year away but you know we're gonna start seeing the ramifications of of what this partnership is actually gonna be but if you remember well sean you probably don't but kyle back on the playstation 4 (laughs) they had those communities right that they no longer have on PlayStation 5. You used to be able to go in and join communities through the PlayStation 4 dashboard. You know, I was I was a member of like the the kind of funny community and the easy allies community and you were able to basically create communities through the PlayStation 4 centered around games. And like you could go to say Bloodborne for example and then create a new character centered around Bloodborne. Or I'm sorry, create a new community centered around Bloodborne. No thanks. And I'm not joining well, I'm, that I'm one. I'm just I'm just saying like that <laughs> was a, a better an game, example. Brian. But you get to Last of the Us. communities for Kind of Funny and Easy Allies and all these, like, I think Giant Bomb had one, IGN had one, but there, there were these communities that they no longer have on the PlayStation 5. And it makes me wonder if they now on purpose left that out as a feature to the PlayStation 5 with the intent that maybe Discord would be coming because if they into well, would now there's no longer an if when they integrate Discord into PlayStation products next year, 
we'll probably get the text aspect as well because the test the text aspect was there in the community feature on the PlayStation 4. You were able to create threads, you were able to talk with individuals within the different communities, share screenshots, share video that captured through the PlayStation 4. It's pretty much what Discord was, just not nearly as stable or, or with the ease of jumping in and out from chat and you know Discord's just a much better product and platform. But when it when it gets integrated, it's probably going to with have the text, I would assume, right? If if I got to post to our Discord through text on the PlayStation, I'm stupid because there's no way that I'm going to be doing that over my smartphone and my PC. Like going on there and actually like having to click and type out each letter on the PlayStation keyboard. They better sure, have an attachment or something. That's shitty, but I'm saying you'll be able to. Yeah, I mean, okay, sure. Uh, they better make a peripheral that plugs into your controller. A yeah, lot it's like called the a fucking keyboard. keyboard, Sean. Just plug yeah. it into your PS5. It works. Any yeah, keyboard USB. works on the PS5. <laughs> if you put your keyboard on a PS5 and you have a PC, you're just the weirdest person I know. Did okay? you actually recently see we didn't talk about it but talking about uh keyboards being attached to the ps5 there was a bug in returnal where if you attached a keyboard you could enter debug mode and like spawn weapons and And actually beat the game and actually beat the game i should have done that (laughs) see now see if if returnal was a konami game if returnal was a konami game i would be like no see that's how they intended you to beat it yeah go and go into debug mode not konami but uh What's his name? Hideo Kojima? Yeah, if it was a Kojima game. (laughs) (laughs) He might as well be the whole Konami studio, man. They effed up on that one. I think this is exciting news, though. I mean, sure, we are Sony fans, but I'm also a fan of Microsoft, and I'm also a Nintendo fanboy. I'm a fan of everybody for the most part. I'm a fan of video games. I'm a fan of video games. games. I'm a fan of the the industry, and I think a partnership between Sony and Discord is healthier than Microsoft just straight out buying out Discord. Now, do you see Sony, like, embracing crossplay more now with this? Or no, I, I I think that's something that they've already been doing, right? We we've seen Sony kind of laxing on some of the restrictions that they've had. We've seen the same thing with Microsoft, how they just recently allowed free to play games on Xbox Live, where you don't have to have the subscription anymore. I mean, Nintendo's kind of laxed on some of the crossplay stuff, so I do think it's going to be things that we see more of in the future, and especially with this now. I mean, Discord is the ultimate cross-platform platform, right? Like everybody uses it. Well, at least most people do. We still see new people join in from time to time, but. I think the power move going forward here is waiting for Discord to become a publicly traded company and getting in early. Day one. Oh, I and I will. This is this is a company, again, I really like the product. I think there's a lot of potential in it. I think there's a lot of potential for it to grow. They've they've just so they've put out such a great product and continue to update it and make it better. I, I do think that this is something that, you know, if and when they become publicly traded, I will I will put a little cash into. Should have put some in a doge, man. You know, every day I tell myself, why didn't I buy it yesterday? I say the same thing. <laughs> Dad was smart and got in at like, what, four cents to a cent or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah. But like he got a ridiculous, he's going to get a ridiculous turnaround if it, if it takes off. Yeah. It's, it's insane. But, you know, what, the day I buy is the day it drops. So sure. He just got, I mean, he got in like the day that everyone did it on Reddit and was smart. We all should have done it. Well, we all done I it. mean, smart. Yeah. Use your finger quotes. Hindsight 2020, right? I, I saw it. 
more than two and said, I'm not buying meme coins. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Drop $1,000 on Doge and, you know, pretty soon it's at a dollar and you can turn that around into $100,000. And here we Fucking are broke stupid. as a joke. Here we are just talking about we can't even afford an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5 because they... I'm eating... I'm eating... Ramen noodles! For dinner. <laughs> Ramen noodles like we're back in college. Oh, jeez. Sean's putting it on his head trying to make it look like hair. It's gonna be May. Yeah, man. Ramen Absolutely. is my... Like, top ramen, like, you know, packaged ramen is my go-to if I'm sick. I love oh, it. Oh, it's so good. That's it. That's I my go-to. Ramen. I like soup in general. Like, I like all types of soup for the most part. Give Just me a top three I... soups. Chicken and yoki soup is my number one. Wow, that was you snooty duty. That's a snooty soup. Jessica makes a fantastic chicken and yoki soup. She makes Does she it... make the gnocchi? No, we buy the gnocchi from uh, the store. I was about to say, holy no, she it's not. It's not like a, a homemade gnocchi. We actually get it from the store. But uh, she makes a fantastic one. So that's definitely number one for me. Chicken and noodle is number two. And then probably... <sighs> What's the one... I'm trying to think because I like a lot of different soups. Spaghettios is not a soup. Spaghettios is good. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica I love makes, spaghettios. Jessica makes a really good lasagna soup. That's probably my number three. Oh, that's uh, dude. Lindsay makes a bomb lasagna soup. I think. I think if I had to go a number one soup. It's a hard toss up between like a broccoli, a good broccoli cheddar, or a really good clam chowder. Okay. Yeah, don't sleep on that clam chowder, huh? Oh, I love, I love clam, clam chowder, chowder, man. I used uh, to England. like I I used to like French onion soup, but I'm not too much of a fan of it anymore. You know, I I, sort, I, I, sort of I lost feel the taste you there. It. I sort of lost the taste for French onion soup. I still like the taste of the broth, but that's pretty I much had, it. I had legit French onion soup by like a a French chef, mm-hmm. and top twenty food experiences in my life. Like it, incredible, just how amazing it was. What's your favorite? It was really soup, salty. Sean? My okay, does stew count as a soup? I don't know that stew is a soup. Uh, so would just be I'd called say soup? yes, probably. I guess I guess it's a loose form of a soup. Also, I I do want to point out that if, if we're including stew, I love beef stew. So <laughs> Dude, also if we're stew. if we're pointing out like different types, of, I I kind of put like Asian centric like noodle soups and those types of soups oh, yeah, in yeah, a different yeah. category. So like You're hot right. sour soups, egg drops, tom kais, like things like that, like udon stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, in yeah. a different category. Separate. I'm talking yeah. like. I'm talking like soups we grew up with. No, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I'm talking like walk Nothing down the aisle of the grocery Discord, store in a way. can. Nothing Dude, to do with Sony Discord. <laughs> you asked me what my favorite soups were. <laughs> it's true. It's true, dog. Oh, it, it was ramen you, you and the soups. Bear. We were talking. About, I don't know why we got on talking about uh, soups, but. Hey, listen, Brian, though. If I walk down Target and I get a can of Denny Moore beef stew. <laughs> Ooh, that's the best, man. I'm all right, I have dude. some of those. I, I usually have a couple cans of those at all times in the cupboard. You got I will to. say that it's... Lindsay makes a, a very good vegan beef stew. It uses a, oh, a man, vegetarian beef replacement. No beef stew, dog. It's very tasty. Um, do we consider chili soup? Die, you rat bastard. Chili is, chili is probably not a soup, but I am a big I would chili say not. fan as well. It's too salty. Chili is dope. I love chili. I like chili, too. I do, too. Or how about tortilla soup? Okay, yeah. I like tortilla soup. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's another one that Jessica makes a good tortilla soup. Yeah. Boy, Jessica's like the soup master extraordinaire. Jessica's, Jessica's a great cook, just in general. She's a soup du jour. Yeah, she spends a lot of time in the kitchen. She likes Excuse cooking. Excuse me, Flo. She likes cooking and is good at it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to take advantage of that because then I get to eat all the food, so. It's great. Works out in my favor. Boy, we have sown some 
Discord into this conversation. Oh, yeah. But it'll be exciting. We'll what? Be talking and recording the podcast on our PlayStation. On our PlayStations. We're g- Welcome to the Media Files, a PS5 podcast brought to you by <laughs> hey, hey, real talk, dude. If that's the case, I may have to give up the soundboard, in which Sean, case I'll have Sean, no value Sean's, Sean's for the show. recording from his PS5 playing Spider-Man. You're going to hear like, the Spider-Man every noises t- coming through. Every time he's talking, you just hear him coming through the controller because he's just using that as his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I got a headset, man. Why you gotta play me like that? Yeah, remember how? Remember the month long search for the Pulse 3D? I know. Hey, <laughs> dude, and speaking of the store, and there's three sitting there just waiting because nobody uh, else wants one. Resident Evil Village has made me want a Pulse 3D headset. I'm just oh, loving dude. it with my HyperX, dude. Like just having that headset and then enabling the virtual surround sound for the headphones that you can do in the game. Yikes. Just it's amazing. I, I do. It's, it's so good. I can't wait to talk more village next week. The haptic th- feedback and the 3D audio. It's great. Total, total immersion, dude. I it's mean, it's definitely it's definitely a selling point because the Xbox Series X and S have all the other selling points right now in terms if of they're that if they're that like in tune with you in a game experience now. Now, the next version of PSVR, like, I, I just don't know how I'm I can't wait. Be able, no, I mean, I'm I, one, I have that's to a day it. one. And fucking make sure you pre order it the day of. Gosh. You <laughs> otherwise, about that. otherwise, you're going to be trying to find it for seven months after, well, not even like a year after it comes out. Oh, yeah, you're not going to get nothing. No, hopefully. We'll see, man. I'm getting closer. I had the Series X in cart. On Thursday, through the Microsoft store, I was actually driving around doing deliveries when they restocked at like 6.30 in the evening, and I pulled over to the side of the road because I was like in some fucking backwood area. I literally pulled over, put the hazards on, and I got it in cart, and I still wasn't fast enough to check out and literally buy the fucking console. It's crazy how fast they go. It's insane. But that music right there. We're done talking about Sony and Discord and Soups. We're going to talk Kickstart My Heart. <laughs> Sony, Discord, and Soups. Quality that's content. A, that's the name of the podcast this week. Sony, Discord, and Soup. A Level Down Games podcast. So uh, we are going to talk a, a fun little or exciting little game here on Kickstarter that I wish Dan was here for because I sort of picked this out with him in mind. Uh, it is called Odd Venture. Odd Venture is a crazy turn-based RPG about the misadventures of Charlie, a girl trapped in a cursed fairy tale world. And this is basically, it says, imagine if Nietzsche, how the fuck do you say that? Knights? I don't, I don't even know what that is. Nietzsche. What is that? Uh, uh, Fred, Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah. Is a Nietzsche, German philosopher. He was, he was a, he was a very like pessimistic philosopher. There's a, yeah. yeah. So him, Nietzsche, or however you say his name. So imagine Nietzsche? if he, huh? What? What? It's what? it's it's like Nietzsche or Nietzsche. I've I've heard it pronounced what? a thousand times. I can never what? remember because it's spelled so weird. <laughs> imagine if that guy had a child with Alice in Wonderland, and their kid was raised on Grimm's fairy tales and Earthbound. That's how this game is described. And honestly, if you look at it, it does have a lot of similarities to Earthbound. And I thought that's why uh, why why Dan would have been down with it. But he's not here to talk about it. So let's talk about Oddventure, which is a JRPG about the misadventures of Charlie, a nihilistic and rebellious teenage girl with anger issues and social awkwardness. Charlie searches for her troublesome brother, Bonzo, and ultimately for a way back home. The setting is the kingdom of Luxia, a land straight from original Grimm's brothers fairy tales with a dark... Whatever that dude's name is, that German Nietzsche. philosopher twists. Nietzschean twist. Nietzsche. Its ruler, King Godwin Good, is Charlie's last hope of return. It's up to you how the journey will end. While deciding, you'll discover the truth about Charlie's past and truth about herself or even yourself. 
Uh, so yeah, we have Charlie, we have Bonzo, we have Jack Grimm, we have Mr. Rabbit and Dodo. <laughs> we have uh, Forestia, Bloodworth, and Slippy the Toad. So if we look at the gameplay elements of Odd Venture here, they talk about the mood battle system, a moody twist on classic turn-based combat. It says you can make the enemies run away crying or spare them and get a present. Every battle can be ended in different ways, but be aware of the consequences. Which kind of reminds me a lot of Persona, because in Persona, you can actually end the battles by, say, negotiating with the demons and turning them into your own Persona where they'll join you or holding them up for money or bribing them into giving you an item or just straight out killing them for experience. It kind of reminds me of that. It's actually really cool. Uh, it says you can make choices. Every decision matters. It's up to you how the story plays out and which of several endings you will receive. Explore and interact. Meet new people or dwarfs or other creatures. Everyone has something interesting to say, or at least you can listen to their sobbing. <laughs> and then, of course, solve puzzles. Between battles, explore a world filled with cute and weird puzzles full of odd creatures. Uh, Kyle, what do you think of Odd Venture? You know what? I actually really like it. I like the, I like the idea that it's just this kind of not depressing but like d uh, emotionally dark feeling till you know of these of these kids and these guys and it's just I don't know it, it looks cute it looks like a game that I would really have fun with the kind of humor and 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 uh you know tongue-in-cheek lines that go into this yeah uh if you scroll down to the music section they went to a gentleman, Piotr, or Piotr Sermox. I'm probably saying both of those names incorrectly. But the inspiration that he's using for the soundtrack are Grandia from Noriyuki Yawadare, uh, Nobuo Yamatsu in Final Fantasy VII, Shogo Sakai's work on Mother 3, and Toby Fox's work on Undertale. And if you listen to the three samples of tracks that they have available, you can kind of hear all of that in there. And it's a very chiptune sounding 16-bit SNES sounding style. And it and it just works for this, you know, version of her genre that they're trying to go for here. This, you know, earthbound style of a game. It looks like so much fun. And, you know, in, in a year where people are begging for Mother 3 to be finally released in English because everybody knows that Nintendo has it done. I, I think that's why this game is doing quite well on Kickstarter. In just a couple days, it's already reached 20,000 US dollars. Wow, it's like think? $19 to pledge to get a copy of the game. So that's that's not bad at all. Yeah. I think it looks awesome. I love the traditional, like... RPG elements that the game has but the combat is true turn base like right. that's that's the part that appeals to me is y it's more about your choices in combat than just like getting through a fight which I think is funny you know because a lot of the stuff like we're talking about like a happy song that literally hurts the enemy and lowers its mood or something and like does damage to it it's, it's just kind of silly stupid combat I, I think the point of the game is that it's not taking itself seriously right well, so well that's, that's earthbound the was the same way like earthbound was this you know it never really took itself that seriously if you go back and, and play through earthbound which yeah it's totally dan weird. was just doing this past thursday he brought back throwback thursday throwback thursday was, yeah. uh, was playing through earthbound so i really wish he was here to talk about this one i think he would be in love 
love with Oddventure. Uh, if we look at the actual other tiers, because you can pledge about $2 to just, you know, get your name in the credits. Like Sean said, a $19 gets you a digital copy of the game on Steam or Switch when it's done. Sometime later in September of 2022 is when they're currently targeting. Uh, you can get a copy of the soundtrack for just a couple more dollars, $25. US dollars. Uh, let's see here. Do they have a double pack? They do not look like where you would get like a, a dual tier because sometimes Dan likes to look at those types of tiers to give stuff away. But Dan, if you're listening, you should definitely look into Odd Venture. It is certainly an Earthbound inspired game and still 27 days to go as a time of recording. And if you look at the stretch goals, they talked about their first one being two additional endings to the game. So, and, and I think it'll easily reach that. Go check it out. Kickstarter.com. The name of the game is Odd Venture. I don't know if it's actually called Odd Venture RPG or just Odd Venture because like the title is Odd Venture RPG, but I'm guessing I it's think just it's just Odd Venture. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing as well. So go check it out though. Kickstarter.com. Name of the game, Odd Venture. That is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show, though, this week. And Sean, not only did you get to choose the game of the week earlier this uh, episode, you also get them final words. I think I'm just going to dial it back to probably one of my best moments on the Level Down Games podcast and uh, take it away. Oh, yeah. You know, you come in here, Kyle. You act like you got the big dog horse, but you don't. You're a little puppy pal. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take you down to the pound and spay you in front of your little homies because that's what you are, punk. What? This episode of the Level Down Games podcast has been brought to you by leveldowngames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on, as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode. 